Welcome to the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and I'm so excited that you're here. The Plan B CRNA podcast is the only show made specifically for nurse anesthetists who are exploring options outside of their traditional career paths. This is the place to expand your mind and your goals as we uncover new ways to produce side income together. Journey with me as I go down various rabbit holes to explore the best Plan B options for you. This episode is brought to you by OnCall Capital. OnCall Capital is dedicated to educating CRNAs and other healthcare providers about investing outside of the traditional stock market. OnCall Capital also provides opportunities for you, yes, you, to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today. And now on with the show. Welcome to the rabbit hole on the Plan B CRNA podcast. Throughout my journey in finding a Plan B, I've gone down numerous rabbit holes to figure out which ones work for me. Since I've done some of this research already, I only think it's right to bring that information to fellow CRNAs to help aid in your search. As always, it's important for you, the listener, to do your own research and form your own opinions. Everyone's situation is unique, and a Plan B that works for one CRNA doesn't always work for another. Self-awareness is the key in any decision you make, since you must have an accurate grasp of your own strengths, weaknesses, and goals. So let's get to it. Our rabbit hole for the day is dun-dun-dun, buy-and-hold rentals. The buy-and-hold real estate strategy is exactly what it sounds like. An investor purchases a property, rents it out, and holds on to it for the long term, meaning five years or longer. This is one of the more straightforward ways to diversify your investment portfolio into real estate. Most everyone has been exposed to the buy and hold strategy at some point, as it's one of the easier paths to get started in real estate. When I was growing up, my parents owned a condo and a couple of small rental homes. We lived in middle Georgia, but the properties were in the Tampa Bay area near the rest of our extended family. We would take weekend trips to see family, only for me to find out that we were actually going to work on one of the properties to get it ready for the next resident. Now, I can paint with the best of them, but I'm no good at installing new carpet or renovating a kitchen. It was always a chore to me, and as you may have heard me mention before, I'm no handyman. Well, fast forward 20 plus years, and my parents are both retired. My dad still owns one of the rentals and sold the other two for roughly twice what he bought them for a few years ago. My mom owns a separate single-family home in Georgia that provides some monthly income for her retirement as well. Both enjoyed having someone else pay the mortgages for all those years and are at the point where the properties are paid for. However, they had no desire to expand their portfolios and in fact decided to sell and get out of the venture for the most part. The good news is that they had no trouble doing so because there are plenty of people looking to own their own homes or to get into the single family rental business. Take notice that high volume in single family real estate allows you to get in or out pretty easily. I have some friends that have recently incorporated the buy and hold method into their plans. They have a great relationship with a local realtor, so they were able to secure a property off market. After they purchased it, they renovated and placed a resident within just a few months, and then they decided to do it again. So they're up to three properties so far, and this was all during the pandemic. They hope to do this enough times to build a decent source of alternative income for later on in their working careers, and it's a solid strategy. So let's get down to the nitty gritty, the good of this scenario. Generally speaking, there is ongoing predictable and mostly passive income. 
While you may have expenses that vary a bit from month to month due to maintenance and turnover, you should be able to calculate your returns over the long haul using a rental property return on investment calculator or ROI calculator. You can also reduce turnovers and expenses through tenant retention programs and resident screening. The IRS is pretty friendly to real estate owners. You can deduct mortgage interest payments, uh, maintenance costs, property taxes, tenant screening fees, property management fees, and the like. You'll also get depreciation on the home. If you decide to sell, you'll pay a lower capital gains rate rather than an income tax as well. So there are retirement income advantages as well. While many people will have to draw down on their retirement accounts selling underlying assets to produce income, you don't have to do that with real estate. Your asset continues producing income while also appreciating in value. You don't have to worry about the 4% rule here. And speaking of appreciation, if you want to sell a property 10 to 15 years down the road, you will probably command a higher price for it than what you paid. Plus, your residents are paying the mortgage off for you the whole time, building additional equity into the asset in two different ways. Real estate automatically adjusts for inflation. Rents rise right alongside market inflation. Your mortgage on a property may stay the same for the long term, but your income from a given property should increase over time naturally as rents go up with inflation. This just translates into more money in your pocket. Leverage is using someone else's money, in this case, the bank that finances the mortgage, to be able to control an asset of value. Let's say you have $100,000 and you want to buy a $100,000 property. You can either pay for it outright with cash, and certainly some people do that, or you can go to a bank and pay 20% down and take out a mortgage. Putting $20,000 down reduces your level of risk in a given property. You can now purchase several different properties with that same $100,000 and spread that risk around. If a resident moves out, you're still making money on your rental properties. There are ways to do no money down deals, uh, but you should probably be careful not to over leverage yourself in that capacity. So what are the risks involved? Number one is rent defaults there's always a chance that your residents could default on their rent payment. What typically follows is a potentially expensive eviction process, and you may even have property damage from a resident when they're forced out. So what can you do to mitigate this risk? Well, the first and most important thing to do is to screen your renters carefully. Background checks, paycheck stubs, credit checks, and the like can go a long way to reducing your risk. You can also buy rent default insurance, which will pay you the rent if you have to evict a renter. This can cost between two to $300 per year though, which must be calculated into your ROI profile. Make sure you invest in areas with high demand in landlord-friendly states. You want to choose from several high-quality renters, not just a few people that have mixed backgrounds. You also don't want long delays when attempting to evict a tenant. Depending on your state, it can take anywhere from two weeks to three months to evict a, a resident. So let's talk about the elephant in the room here. COVID-19. As many of you already know, evictions have been perpetually delayed during the ongoing COVID-19 crisis. Now, that's been lifted, but some of you may still have residents who are behind on their rents. Once we get past the pandemic, you may still find yourself in uncomfortable situations with residents moving forward. So what can you do in some of those situations? Well, you can create a payment plan with your residents. Uh, most people want to pay their rents, and they want to stay in a place for a longer period of time. Moving out is a hassle for anyone. 
So even if they can only afford to pay a portion of their rent right now, every little bit helps. And they can work on back pay once their situation improves. You can offer incentives for full payments. If you give someone a $25 or $50 Amazon gift card for making a full rent payment, you get more money than from a payment plan while only sacrificing a small amount of that profit. You can also just pay them to move out. Now, this is certainly the most painful option, but it's kind of like cutting off an infected pinky to save the hand. Sure, you'll never get that money back, but you cut your losses and move on with a new resident who will actually pay you. Since none of us know when the pandemic is truly going to end, I mean, we, we may be looking at a fall surge. You never know. Uh, squatting residents could drag this out for a long time. So let's talk about the next thing uh, that is a risk, property damage. Damage to your rental home is always a risk, but this can be taken care of in a couple of different ways. You can collect a higher security deposit. This helps you cover damages when a resident moves out. Reliable renters don't scoff at this because they know they'll get their money back. You can tenant-proof the property itself wherever possible. This means installing vinyl tile or synthetic wood flooring instead of easily scratched hardwood floors. They can take a licking and keep on looking fabulous if you get the right stuff. You can charge for or limit animals in the home. While this may be controversial for some, there is no doubt that animals leave a mark on a home. If you charge extra money for animals or limit certain animals altogether, you will mitigate this risk quite a bit. So let's talk about vac vacancies. Uh, sometimes your property will be vacant. It's a fact of life. The more in-demand your property is, the less of a risk this is, but you still have vacancies from turnover between residents. You must include an appropriate vacancy rate for your area in your ROI calculations, but you should also set aside this amount in your reserve account for when it actually occurs. Choosing a good property in a solid market goes a long way to mitigating this risk, as does owning several properties. I have my own extensive experience with a single-family rental, but I'm saving that story for the rabbit hole on turnkey properties. Suffice it to say, you'd better know your market. Once you get to about five properties, vacancy risk starts to minimize. Two of your properties can be vacant at the same time, and you should still at least be able to break even with your debt service and other expenses. Some other tidbits here. Buy and hold real estate is a long-term strategy. This means that it isn't as important when you buy because you plan to hold a property for the long haul. Now, I'm not saying that you should just go out and buy everything at the height of a market phase, but having a you know 20 to 30-year time frame gives you some real cushion, even if you make a timing error. You can make income in a couple of different ways as well. Passive income from monthly rents and appreciation of the asset. Depending on the market and neighborhood that you choose, you may have more or less of one of those, with some areas being able to provide more of a balance between the two. I will emphasize that choosing your market is incredibly important because you want some assurance that the property price will actually increase in value over time. You'll want to also think about the amount of time you want to put into the endeavor. If you want to keep more of your profits, then you may want to self-manage a property. However, you shouldn't have to do this to make money on a rental property. If your return for investment uh, on a buy and hold property depends on you not utilizing a property manager and doing all of that work on your own, then you're probably choosing the wrong property to begin with. You should have wiggle room for both options to work for you. Now, per usual, I have a few resources for you in the show notes. 
And there's some handy dandy books out there as well. Um, one of them is called The Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. Another one is Long Distance Real Estate Investing by David Green. That's a fantastic book. And One Rental at a Time by Michael Zuber. As always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you found value today, make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. I also want to hear from you. If you have a question, comment, or rabbit hole topic that you'd like me to cover in an upcoming podcast, make sure you rate and review on your podcast player. I check those all the time and I cover those questions in future episodes. If you'd like to connect with me or learn more about On Call Capital, make sure you find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or visit my website at www.oncallinvestments.com. Until next time, this is Bobby Jones signing off. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. This episode was brought to you by On Call Capital. They are dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find On Call Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page, where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.